Our special prayer for this day. Let us pray. Risen Christ, faithful shepherd of your father's sheep, teach us to hear your voice and to follow your command, that all your people may be gathered into one flock to the glory of God the Father. Amen. May I speak in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So the word sheep used to be an insult to me. Uh, I was a bit of an emo kid at school. I don't know if you can notice it now because I'm all bright colours. Uh, but yeah, no, I would get through you know, a stick of eyeliner weekly. Um, big fringe over one eye listening to Green Day all the time. In fact, some of the people at youth, uh, young people at youth club listened to Green Day. They were listening to American Idiot. And I was like, guess how old I was when that album came out. I was your age. Um, so it was really nice to be hearing my teenage music back then. Anyway, that's a digression. Um, it was at the point, uh, at that point in my life, I would use the word sheep as an insult a lot. I'd call them a sheep to imply that they didn't think for themselves they just followed the herd in their choice of clothing or music. And that, to me, was the greatest crime. My life's mission at 14 was never to fit in, to be as brash and opinionated and indie as possible. And some would say not much has changed. But in these liturgical sheep weeks, as I like to call them, uh, where every set of readings uh, includes a gargantuan quantity of cotton wool in our Sunday school, it can be difficult to find anything new or interesting to say. Yeah, okay, we should listen to God's voice telling us where to go. I don't dispute that. I wouldn't be training to be a priest otherwise. But does the metaphor have to be so insipid? Do we have to follow the herd to be a good Christian? I don't think so. I don't think being God's sheep means we have to stop being ourselves. You see in the um, video that Denise showed us, all of these different sheep have different personalities, different uh, ways of approaching the farmer. Some are headstrong and headbutt him to get at the food first. Some are quiet and hang back. Some of them probably don't come back at all. They're fine on their own, thank you very much. Have you ever met a sheep? They're scruffy bit smelly, more than a little bit disobedient. That's something I can identify with, I don't know about you. But there's also the sense that in order to avoid being sheeple, we end up leaving the beaten track altogether just for the sake of it. We can end up being headstrong and thinking we know better than everyone else, anyone who came before us. And I don't think that's quite the right way to go either, which I suppose is why we need Jesus, the Good Shepherd. And so, in the spirit of sheep who don't follow the herd, but are trying to walk the way of the Good Shepherd, we can have a look at the green pastures and the still waters of Psalm 23. The line that always jumps out at me is, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And to me, that sounds a bit like a gloat. It sounds like the psalmist is saying, like, I've got a banquet from God and you're not getting any. And... It doesn't strike me always as a very Christian way of thinking about things. So, you know, my theological training coming into uh, a bit of use, I looked at the Hebrew. And the Hebrew word neged, which is translated as in the presence of, isn't necessarily an exclusive term. It could mean parallel to, or close to, or in the sight of, lots of different 
tra possible translations. And so I tried reading this line differently. You prepare a table before me and seat me alongside my enemies. To me, this reads so much more cohesively with the image we're given in the book of Revelation, which says, a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. Will we get to avoid the people who annoyed us in, the, in this life? The people who annoyed us in this life, will we get to avoid them in the kingdom of God? Will the heavenly banquet be seated in cliques? No, we'll be transformed and our relationships will be transformed in the new creation. Old animosities will be forgotten and we'll be led in green pastures and we will all dwell in the house of the Lord. Psalm 23 is often read at funerals in the context of thinking about life after death. It can be fascinating to talk about and comforting to hear, but it can also feel somewhat far away and intangible. Jesus' promise that we will not be snatched away from eternal life with him is comforting in the abstract, but it doesn't provide much instruction for dealing with the travails of this life. And we may find Psalm 23 comforting when thinking about death and life to come, but I also think this scripture is leading us towards something we can do here and now to make this kingdom of God a little more present among us. And that thing is, you guess, you've guessed it, it's my uh, blurb for every sermon, it's love one another. When we follow the good shepherd's voice, we hear one thing again and again, and it's love one another. By this, we will be known as disciples. Love maintains the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. And love is all that will remain when we reach the new creation. We are called by God to live in his pasture, which is love. So when we walk the path of the good shepherd, this perfect path that we're called to walk, we can walk it in high heels, in Doc Martens, in skinny jeans, with a big fringe over one eye, maybe. We can walk it in the way... These are all very superficial examples. We can walk it timidly, we can walk it boldly, we can walk it in the way that feels good for us because we are called as we are. We're called uh, not to follow the herd, but to follow the way. And so when we walk in that love and faith, we follow the way and we are shown God because God is the example of his son. I didn't phrase that right, but God and the Son are one. When we see the Son, we see God. And so clearly, to be called a sheep in this fashion isn't actually an insult at all. As Julian of Norwich said, the greatest honor we can give God Almighty is to live gladly because of the knowledge of love. She also wrote the most famous eschatological uh, statement that I know of, which is, and all shall be well, and all shall be well, and all manner of things shall be exceeding well. Our readings today have shown us that the, this prediction is certain to come true in the kingdom of heaven. And we can make it come true in our earthly kingdoms too, by living in love for one another and by walking the way of the good shepherd. Amen. <laughs>